Well, I want you guys to know this morning that, um, you know, joy is what's in front of us as we've been walking through this series of talking about hope and then peace and then love and then joy. And what we're going to find this morning as we walk through this is that it's so important that we make sure that we have the right key for joy. We, we got to make sure that we uh, take the right time to pause and consider what God's word says in the way that he says it about joy so that we can capture the true reality of gospel joy. And so welcome to Christ Church this morning. So excited just to kind of prepare our hearts to celebrate rightly around Christmas. Excited that we could have the families together in our service uh, this morning. Um, Raise your hand if you're a kindergartner through fifth grade. Raise your hand up high. Kindergartners through fifth grade, raise your hand. Uh, Let's just thank them, church, for being with us this morning. We love our students no matter what age they are, and uh, we're just thankful for you guys this morning, and uh, we're going to be talking about joy, but we're not looking at joy like the world looks at joy. We're going to be looking at it through the lens of what God says, and then after considering and and, and making sure we got the right key to understand joy, uh, then what we're going to do at the end with our hearts rightly understanding this joy that God offers us is we're going to... Uh, spend some time, uh, a little bit of extended time in worship at the end. Because sometimes to really sing and really reflect that, we got to make sure that our hearts and minds are calibrated rightly on what God teaches us. So um, I'm just going to pray before we begin. And parents, if you have your children with you in the service, if you want to just reach over and put your arm around them or grab their hand, I think there's something that's said that's very powerful in services like this. When we say these are households of faith that we're wanting to build, and God does that by his grace, but um, there's an awesome uh, a meaning to that that's um, not lost on us. So let's pray together. Uh, God, we come to you this morning because we are uh, deeply thankful for uh, what you're doing in our lives. We're thankful for what you're doing in our households. And we are thankful for what that happens when we all gather together as households of faith. So many households different, even around this room. And uh, God, but I am thankful this morning that no matter what the makeup of a household is, that we have always in the household of faith a father who never disappoints, a father who loves us deeply, a father who who has forgiven us completely, and one who draws near to us and is faithful to us always. And so we just thank you for that truth this morning. I pray that the gospel would be clear. I pray that joy would be understood more deeply this morning and we would know how to take hold of it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Okay, so what we're going after this morning is a joy that is not a temporary. We're going after a joy that isn't um, a joy that you see for a little bit and then it's gone. We want a joy that holds For instance, how many uh, students in the room this morning are happy that you're on Christmas vacation now? If you've been going to school and you got time off, how many people are happy for that? I know. Um, It's temporary. you got to go back, okay? Sorry to disappoint you this morning. But biblical joy, see, that's temporary joy. That's worldly joy. It's rooted in something that I can see and I can experience, and there's emotion around that. But there's something about biblical joy that's more than that. It's more than just an emotion that comes and goes quickly. Joy in the Bible is not just shown in like a smile or just a cheer. It's deeper than that. 
It's more than a response to a cool present that you get on Christmas. It's more than a raise at work. It's not just random. It's more consistent than that. And the truth being, we all need to know that joy. God wants us to know that joy. This is a joy that you uh, can experience even when bad things come into your life. Even when you live under the brokenness of your own flesh or experience the brokenness of our world, this joy will hold. Biblical joy is an internal response to the person of Christ at work in your life. That's how biblical joy is rooted. Biblical joy is rooted as a response to the work of Christ in your life. Joy only comes, watch this, joy only comes from what it is in. Joy's got to be in something. Joy outside of being in something stable is a temporary and fleeting joy. Joy, biblical joy, really is a response to my direct observation that, that, that what God has accomplished in Christ is sufficient. That's how joy is rooted and constant. It's found in God alone. It comes from walking by faith in your salvation. We need to know more about this joy. And so Chris has already shared the verse, but let's look at it again. 1 Peter 1, 8 through 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The big move this morning, what we want to take hold of, if we want to understand joy, like I want you to understand joy, like I've understood joy, is this. Experience joy, the big move. Experience joy when you walk by faith in your salvation. Experience joy. It's available for all of us. Experience joy when you walk by faith in your salvation. So the first point, right from this passage, is this. Joy is experienced when your faith is in Jesus. Joy is experienced when your faith is in Jesus. Now, Peter, in writing to um, the churches that he wrote to, you can see it right in 1 Peter 1.1. You can see there that he's writing to elect exiles of the dispersion. These were Jewish people who had, had been exiled because of persecution, so they were facing suffering. People were um, uh, persecuting them for their faith, and and, and then they came to faith in Christ, but, but did you notice in, it says in the passage, they hadn't seen Jesus. They're just like you and me, just a little closer to the time when he lived. They hadn't seen Jesus with their own eyes. They were on the outskirts, and they had, hadn't interacted with Jesus. They had never seen him. They had never observed his work. They had never seen his hands and his feet or his body. They hadn't seen him in body, bodily form. But Peter made it clear again and again in First and Second Peter. He says, you'll see him again. You're going to see him again in eternity. Your eyes will see him eventually if your faith is in him presently. It's the truth for all of us too. Your eyes will see him eventually if your faith is in him presently. And that's where joy is found. See, joy is found by believing in Jesus. The Christian life, this side of heaven, is not based on seeing with your eyes. It's taking hold of what you know to be true. And church, let me just encourage us this morning. We know enough. 
we know enough from the apostles' testimony to believe. We know enough from how the gospel has transformed lives, is transforming lives, and will continue to transform lives to know that Jesus is who he says he is. We know enough from staring into the expanse of the universe with awe and wonder to know that there has to be a creator behind that. We know enough. We know enough from the glimpses of beauty in creation to see the intricate handiwork of a God who is always zealous to reveal his glory. We know enough from the constant longing and craving for something more from this life. We know enough. We know enough from the scriptures, Genesis through Revelation, to see the way the redemptive story is consistent. It's established over centuries from different authors, all of them coming together to write down God's word for us. We know enough by the way that the Holy Spirit regenerates our hearts to see the glory of Jesus Christ and respond with belief. And that all-consuming, that all-consuming belief that draws us again and again to the person of Christ leads us to the joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Turn to your neighbor this morning and just say, we know enough. We know enough. We know enough. And joy is experienced when your faith is in Christ. It's far from a blind faith. It is a faith with evidence all around. It's the final truth. It's the final a puzzle piece that, 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 that makes the whole world and all of the realities in it finally make sense. Joy is experienced when your faith is in Jesus. So let's just imagine for a moment, to make this point um, explicitly clear, let's just, let's imagine for a moment that joy is a light. And um, this light is powered by What? It's powered by batteries. It's powered by some batteries. And uh, this light is going to be temporary. It's temporary like um, trying to find joy in some experience or some aspect of the world. Trying to find joy even in other human relationships is temporary. It's fleeting. And and the batteries, um, they give power to produce the light. And these are two uh, D energizer batteries. So we're going to play a little game, a little, a little Q&A, see if you guys can answer this. Um, uh, kids, I really want your participation here, okay? If you think that these two lights are going to last longer than 20 hours, hand up, hands down if you're like, no chance it lasts longer than 20 hours. Okay, let me see what you guys think. Hands up longer than 20 hours, two energizer D batteries. If you have your hand up, up, you were correct. I saw some of you kids, hands kind of going like this. You weren't sure. You were like, I just want to be right. It's Christmas. It's all great. And so, so here's the thing. If you're looking for joy in something besides Jesus, the power for your joy is coming from a battery. And it might not be a D battery. Some things we try to find our joy in this world are like, double-A batteries, or even worse, those little triple-A batteries. You put those in some toy at Christmas, and like and 15 minutes later, you're like, the kids are like, I need more batteries! And you're like, stores are closed. And then it's a Christmas disaster. 
You're laughing if you've been through it. But if your faith is in Jesus, your joy is connected to something way more dependable and permanent. You've accessed a new power source, and you've realized that, um, that when you're rightly in Christ, there is a reality of power that you have access to now. And um, here's the thing. You, you, you know it's dependable because um, we, we paid the electric bill, okay, FYI, and, and so the, I don't, I'm not worried about that shutting off at any point. And because of that, because of the fact that that's been paid for, I can know and trust that plugging that in will cause the light to turn on, and it is accessible to a power source. And, and I'll tell you what, next week, if I left that on, it's still going to be on. still going to be on. Unless somebody forgot to pay the bills, then we'll have to get that current. It's not running out of power. The payment has been made. Dependable, consistent joy is experienced when your faith is connected to Jesus. It's got to be connected. And that's the problem in the church is sometimes we talk about our faith or our testimony as something that's in the past. And we're like, yeah, I was connected for a while and then I wasn't. And we wonder why the joy doesn't seem to be present. You must be connected. See, Peter was writing to a group of people that were walking through trials. These weren't people that grew up in some, with some like silver spoon in their mouth. They never experienced any suffering, were insulated from all of it. No, they were right in the midst of it. They were exiled. They were, out, they were away from their home, driven away from their home. Life wasn't easy. Lots of struggles that could steal their joy. And you've you got to look at that. And you got to look like the first chapter. He's saying, rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. How? Because their joy was not powered by batteries. It was powered by the permanence of Jesus. It was powered by the reality that no matter what circumstances came into their life, they knew that they had access to a power source that was never going to fail them. They knew that everything that allowed them to be connected to that power source and, and the access to it, the, all of it was free. It had already been paid for by what Jesus had accomplished. What he had accomplished through his death on the cross. And because of that, church, we have access. We got to connect our lives to something more dependable than what the world offers us. Put your faith in Jesus. Joy is experienced when your faith is in Jesus. Experience joy when you walk by faith in your salvation. But more than that, look at the second point here joy is experienced by receiving the blessings of salvation. Joy is experienced, first, faith in Jesus. You've you got to get connected. But then what you need to do is you need to take ear of or note some of the dynamic realities of the light that is joy. Look at the second part of this passage. In verse 9 it says, because your faith is in Jesus... They're walking through just like we are. We can't see him, but we love him. Look what it says there, verse 9. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. <laughs> Obtaining, that word's a, a bit interesting. I want to kind of point out some of the nature of this word. The word actually in the literal 
original language, it means, for you are receiving. For you are receiving. And, and you got to be careful with this word obtaining because you could make the mistake in, in thinking about this word obtaining, you, you, could, you could make a mistake by concluding that obtaining means that you do something in your own power. Like I obtained it. And that would be an incorrect conclusion from this word because you don't have the power to obtain any of the outcome of your salvation. You cannot earn it. You cannot pay for it, for access to it. You simply, by faith, receive the blessings of salvation through your faith in Christ. That plug has no ability to produce power on its own. It has no ability. It's just sitting there with the prongs of the plug just waiting to receive power. It cannot produce it on its own. And in the same way, God has created us sort of incomplete until we're connected in Christ. Then once in Christ, now we can begin to experience the power, the light that is joy. And this is good news. This, this, this passage, this verse, verse 9, because it's saying that, that this is accessible for your life right now. It's accessible right now, church right now. The outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls, that is not something that like I, I, I learned about when I was little or younger or previous to today and I put my faith and I repented and believed in Christ and then it was just some experience that sort of gave me this guarantee that, that in eternity, now I would experience the outcome of my faith, the salvation of your souls. No. Jesus said, I've come so that you could experience this now. He's like, plug into me. Find in me everything that you need, the blessings of salvation, and you can have that in your life in increasing measure until you get to eternity. And the reality of all of those things will be so overwhelming that you will fall to your knees in praise and you will lay your crowns down at his feet. And so in this life, we have access right now. You can obtain this now. Church, this is, this is what we've been looking at over the past three weeks, remember? Can, can we just review a little bit? Everybody good for a review? Some of you are like, I'm not even sure what we talked about three weeks ago. Well, I'll help you. It was hope. And in that a message, we talked about Titus chapter 3. And at the end of that passage, it says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And what we said in that first uh, a message is we said, set your hope on the promises of the gospel. And in that message, what we articulated is, listen, hope means that my life is placed upon both the past realities of what Jesus Christ did and the future of what he promises, and I can stand stable in hope. It's a blessing of salvation. A blessing of salvation that it can carry the full weight of my life and my circumstances and all of it. I, I can stand there. That's a blessing of salvation. 
And then we talked about peace the next week, Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And in that, what we articulated and what we talked about is, is that justification is not a moment when I was like, yeah, I was forgiven for my sins. And now I'm just over here, like exposed and guilty and struggling and back with my face in a sin in my life and wrestling and struggling that. No, no, no. I go back and what I'm called to do, that message we talked about, find peace by living out of the truth of your justification. That I need my justification, I need to live out of it. That in a moment, uh, my heart can turn to Jesus and in that a moment, I am adorned with righteousness from Christ. And I can walk forward in the reality of my sin. I am covered in my justification. I'm living out of this truth. And so, because I continue to need it, just like you. I continue to fail. I continue to feel the weight and the brokenness of this world. And I need to live in my justification. I need to live out of the truth of it. That I'm forgiven. That I've been redeemed. That my God covers me with his righteousness. And that is precious to me. You're not getting this off of me, no chance. And then last week, we talked about love from 1 John 4.10, where it says, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation, we broke it down last week. Guilt removed, favor received, received. There's the word again. It's been woven throughout this entire series. It's this picture of hope and peace and love that leads to a response of joy. And when we talked about love last week, we talked about how we're supposed to savor the satisfaction of God's love. And so then what we talked about is how in the gospel, Jesus has given us access to receive his love. And so when you put it all together, to, to walk in the blessings of salvation means that I'm standing in hope. I am covered, living out of the truth of my justification. And I have peace. And then, when I take hold of God's um, propitiation, guilt removed, and uh, favor received, I can open this and now God's love can pour over my life. Guys, this is why the scripture says in Ephesians that um, you are lavished by the grace of God. This is the picture of what Paul is trying to communicate to us. Because he knows that when we understand this, not in some past tense, but in some present reality, we realize that it's when we walk in all of that presently that we find joy. And you have access right now to it. Receive the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls, hope, peace, love that leads to joy. And if you want to stay in a place of receiving, you, need to, you might be asking, how? How do I stay in that place? Uh, Jesus taught us this in John, John chapter 15. Look on the screens. Look at this passage. Follow along with me. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. 
If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, look at this, is the purpose, the purpose, that my joy, the joy of Jesus Christ, may be in you and that your joy may be full. So if you're like, how do I access that? What's the verb there, church? What's the verb there? What's the verb? Come on. Come on. It starts with A, ends with bide. Okay, there's a clue. Say it. Say it. Say it again. That's how you find joy. You've got to remain. You've got to stay. You've got to stay connected. You've got to stay connected to Jesus. When you live a life connected to Christ by faith, you set your hope on something more secure than this crazy, insane, broken world. When you recognize what Christ has done for you, not in some moment where you made a decision in the past, but right now in the midst of your sin, you can experience real peace with God. When you you rest in a relationship with Christ, you can savor the satisfaction of God's holy love poured over your life. We're called to abide in these things, church. We're called to abide in them because we're walking in the way of Christ. And we abide in the reality of God's hope and his peace and his love. And we receive the outcome of our faith, the salvation of our souls. And if this is your present circumstance... If this is your present reality, then regardless of the difficulty or circumstances, you can rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. It doesn't always mean that you're going to have the like, I'm so happy I'm following Jesus sort of fake smile. That's not what's being communicated here. But there is something at the center of your soul that you know because of these realities of what Christ has done for you, you have not earned them, that you know that you are secure in your salvation. Like, I'm saved. I'm saved. See, church, you can't, you can't grunt your way to get joy. You're not like, I'm just gonna muster up enough, like, like, energy. I'm gonna stir up enough power to take hold of joy. It just doesn't work like that. that that's, that's, why, that's why you find joy in trials. Has anyone else been confused by this? Like, seriously? Rejoice? Brothers, when you face trials of various kinds, rejoice? How is that possible? When you see the full picture like we've seen today, you can begin to understand it. It's because you find joy in trials because they put you in a place where you have to abide. Trials strip some things away from you and all of a sudden you're up there going, um, 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 I I just put my joy in some batteries. And they're generic batteries. Like these are cheap batteries. And it's run out fast. And you're like, man, I did it again. And God, you offer me something so much better. And you return back to it. Because you know that the power is always flowing to you in the gospel. And, and you're not joyful 
you're not joyful for the trial itself, okay? Let's, 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 be, let's be careful and loving and encouraging to one another. When someone's going through a trial, you're like, aren't you so glad you're going through a trial? No, I'm not! We're joyful in the trial because it makes us desperate to abide in Christ. I had a rough week. Just a number of things. Um, some of it, God showing me my own sin in the fortunately loving way that he does. Some of it just me seeing my own weaknesses and blind spots. Have you guys had moments like that where you're like, I, I just didn't see that clearly. And, and, and my, my sin has, has caused some, some hurt and pain that I didn't intend, but I'm seeing it clearly now and the weight of that. And, and, and I, I walk like you in, in a way where my flesh sometimes wins out over the Spirit. And, and in the midst of that, I, I could have gone a variety of ways. And I'm thankful for the, the way that God works around my life in our time together every week, just like for you. And in the midst of that, no matter how difficult it was or how heavy it was or still is, it did not take my joy. Because I chose instead of running, I chose to abide and I stopped long enough to listen. I've, I've, I've stopped with a posture of wanting to learn. And um, I, I still feel the weight, but in the midst of that, right at the center of my soul is obtaining the outcome of my faith, and it's holding. It's holding. And, and joy is so sweet and good and, 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 and so constant. I want to encourage you, wherever you're at, to come to Christ by faith and find salvation this Christmas. Abide in Christ if you've been disconnected from him. Return back and abide in Christ by, 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 by getting this open again. And, and this is such a treasure to me because when I need to go back and abide in Christ, the word never disappoints both in the way it shines a light on my own sin and in the way that it reminds me of the gospel truths that I'm clinging to in moments of trial and difficulty. Abide in Christ by coming to the God who says that he welcomes you and so access that and come to him in prayer and pour your heart out before him and know that he knows you intimately and deeply. And he wants to remind you of the fact that he loves you and he rushes to you the second you turn. Move to abide. Move to abide. Abide in Christ to experience joy. Experience joy when you walk by faith in your salvation. Receive it. Receive it. If you're here this morning and you've never put your faith in Christ, if you're here this morning and you're a a student, maybe kindergarten through fifth grade, and you're sitting in this service, I want you to know that, that you, uh, Jesus has done everything that's necessary for you to know him and walk with him and have a relationship with him. And you can make a decision for Christ this morning. Anyone can. doesn't matter whether you're in kindergarten, 
or in your 90s. If you've got breath left in your lungs, Christ's offer of salvation is extended to you. So my encouragement to you would be to turn to him. If you're a student and you're here with your parents, I would encourage you that if you want to make that decision, just share that with them. I promise that your parents want to know. If anyone wants to receive that this morning, I want to encourage you to come and let us know. We want to walk with you in it. We've got to receive it. We've got to teach it. We've got to keep reinforcing this in our households, in our relationships with one another, in our friendships, that, that we can receive the outcome of our faith, the salvation of our souls. It's for now. It's to be experienced now. And it is only a preview of what's coming. Share it. We've got to point others to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to tell them that they can, they can experience hope and, and peace and love in ways that the world will only disappoint them again and again and again. We've got to share it. There's some people that need to hear it, that the outcome can be experienced now. Experience joy when you walk by faith in your salvation. Joy is experienced when your faith is in Jesus. And joy is experienced by receiving the blessings of salvation. Let's pray together. God, I'm asking in this moment that we would have a revival of joy. That we would see in the reality of our salvation the way that, that you have woven the truths of hope and peace and love together. And that the response from our hearts is joy. That it would be reflective of your salvation in our lives. That we would receive the outcome of our faith. For some this morning, God, who have been disconnected from, from you, I pray that they would return and get plugged deeply into your heart and life. I, I, I pray, God, that, that you would uh, give them a sense of uh, your salvation that is still in all of its fullness there for them. And I pray, God, that this Christmas season that we would look away from the places of joy we could find in the world and we would find ourselves abiding in Christ and that we would walk in the blessings of salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for your truth. Thank you for the way it speaks over our lives. We need it and we're here this morning to receive it and this morning, I pray that we would also proclaim it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.